Hello and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. I am your host, Tim Schwartz. I want to thank you very much for listening to the podcast once again. It's been a long time since we spoke last, so happy new year to everybody. Between the holidays and everybody in my household trying to decide who wants to be sick at one time or another, uh, as well as a recent death in the family, Uh, We've had a lot of things going on in the Schwartz household the last month or so, but I'm back and ready to go to continue bringing you the best of everything I can, whether it's interviews, reviews, or discussions with people just like yourself to talk about how there can be a life after blindness. As you know, this is the podcast where we are dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life with blindness. And you can participate on the podcast by sending your emails to me. Send those to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And as always, you can find the show notes for this episode and every episode by going to the website. That's lifeafterblindness.com slash 20 for this episode. Again, that's lifeafterblindness.com slash two zero. Let's kick the new year off with a because of my blindness story, this comes to us from a user on the app Vorail who goes by the username Lady Hildill Pickle. I actually had the pleasure of meeting Ms. Pickle last fall in Chicago, where she's from. A wonderful, sweet lady, very smart, uh, very nice and, and easy to talk to. So I look forward to meeting her again in the future in Chicago. And as if to demonstrate the nickname of Chicago, the Windy City, her Because of My Blindness story has a bit of wind in the background. So if you just bear with the wind, I think that you'll find her story and her realizations to be uh, very, very interesting and probably something that a lot of us can relate to. So here we go with Because of My Blindness from Lady Hill Dill Pickle. Hello, my name is Hill Dill Pickle. And because of my blindness, I have a new outlook on life about the blind community. Now, before I lost my sight, I had no idea, as most folks with sight don't have an idea of how blind people conduct themselves and do their daily activities. Because of my blindness, I attended a service facility that trained people who are visually impaired or totally blind uh, in different uh, skills, braille, uh, computer skills, keyboard, daily activities. I didn't do mobility though. I'm still having an issue with mobility. But because of my blindness, I have learned about how blind people take care of themselves. That it's it there is a possibility that you can. Because you're blind, it doesn't mean you can't do anything. And before I lost, I haven't lost all of my sight, but it's still impaired. And I still consider myself part of the blind community. I think I had the same thought processes as people who can see that blind people couldn't do anything and that they had to be taken care of. Well, because of my impairment, 
that's not true anymore. I don't see it that way anymore. I have a, a whole change way of thinking of how I do things now because now I'm part of the community and that's not true. You can and there is life still does go on whether you can see or not as is with someone in the deaf community um, or someone in, that is um, in a wheelchair. Um, I have learned so many different things going to that facility and attending other facilities, not just the one I was assigned to, but I sought out other facilities that would teach me more things that also opened the door for me to go and do other things or even dream of pursuing another career. Um, uh, my former career was an elementary school teacher and in the middle of that career that's when my sight started to uh, sort of started to slowly disappear to the point I could not drive anymore and uh, I started using paratransit and then um, I sort of taught myself the perimeters of my classroom and since I still had residual sight as long as I made things large, my sister made large labels for the shelving in my cabinet, I was still able to function and do everything that I needed to do. It's just visually, I couldn't and needed help with that. I couldn't write things on the chalkboard, but I accommodated myself by using large chart paper that I purchased at the teacher's store, and I would tape it to the chalkboard and then I would use sharpie markers and write on the chart paper and then that way I could write larger for the children in the classroom and also I had a child in my room who has a who had a visual problem and that helped him immensely because of all the different adaptive materials that I was sent to my classroom uh, from the ADA department that I used in my classroom he also got to use them also so all of this really opened my eyes and really helped me um, be more understanding and be more open um, that I could talk about it because for a while I wasn't able to even do that you know but now I still have you know some issues that I'm not total you know and I like I said I still have residual sight and I do use it you know to a point and then when I get to the point I can't, then I have my adaptive devices that I use. And I'm um, adjusting to it, and I'm having a good time. Made met new, a lot of new people, and um, making new friends, and no longer feel that because I can't see that I can't do anything. So, there you go. Thank you very much for that, Ms. Pickle. And if you'd like to share your Because of My Blindness story here on the podcast, you can send that to me in an email. Send that to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. You can either write out your story in the email for me to read here on the podcast, or you can record your story and attach the audio file to the email and send that 
in as well. I'm looking for anything that has happened to you because of your blindness that may not have otherwise happened to you. So something inspiring, something emotional, maybe even something that was really funny that happened to you or just out of the ordinary. Maybe you met somebody very specific or important because of your blindness. Whatever your story is, we'd love to hear it. So please continue sending in your Because of My Blindness stories. Since the last podcast, there's been a lot of news developing in and around the blind and visually impaired community, most of it actually revolving around different types of technology. So first, I think probably the biggest news that's happened is the Microsoft Seeing AI app that's been very popular this past year or so uh, amongst the blind has added four new channels, as they call them. So now, in addition to scanning short text and long-form documents and barcodes, things like that, you now can also scan different types of currency in many different countries. So you can scan uh, different bills, uh, different denominations. You can also now detect light in a room, uh, different uh, light levels, whether lights are on or not. You can also now detect and scan for colors. And you can also scan handwriting, which has always been something very difficult for programs and apps to do in the past, but Microsoft is trying to tackle that. So not just scanning regular text, uh, you know, printed text on documents, but scanning actual handwriting as well. So if you haven't checked out the new update for Microsoft Seeing AI, I strongly encourage you to take a look at that and try out all the new channels that they have to offer. The end of 2017 also saw the release of the Victor Reader Trek from Humanware. So this combines the popular Victor Reader Stream with the also beloved Trekker Breeze that was discontinued in early 2016. So you get all the benefits of the stream from Daisy Playback and other forms of audio playback with the GPS functions of the Trekker Breeze all in one unit. This is available for purchase now from Humanware. Our friends at IRA have also been in the news lately. IRA has partnered with two different airports, one in Memphis and one in the Twin Cities, to offer to their subscribers free minutes once you enter into those airports. So they have geofenced those airports. So what that means is as you approach the airport and basically cross an imaginary GPS line, you will be notified within your IRA app that you are now within that airport's area and your minutes will be free as you navigate those airports. So you can now go from the front door to baggage claim and back again and your IRA agent will help you for free while navigating either of those two particular airports. So hopefully this is something that IRA will continue to work on. I know that there are airports out there that are looking into this and wanting to grow this uh, even further. Of course, IRA wants to, to implement this as an, in as many airports as possible. So we'll keep an eye on this and see as other airports sign up with IRA. Also, IRA has partnered with Lyft, the popular rideshare service, and they've added Lyft to the IRA app. So now when you open up your IRA app, you can actually from the app request your Lyft and then your IRA agent will help you in letting you know when the Lyft ride has arrived, help you navigating into getting into the vehicle. And then even once you've left the vehicle, if you want, you can pick up or continue with your IRA agents and go about your way. But uh, I think this is a really important partnership to have from IRA uh, with Lyft so that will enable you to have an easier 
ride and transition when looking for your Lyft driver. Amazon has also been in the news quite a bit, not only releasing second generations of many of its products, including the Echo and Echo Dot, but they've also been announcing many different partnerships with other hardware manufacturers to implement Echo services into as many different products as possible. Later in the podcast, I'll be talking with Randy Rusnak from the ACB Main Menu podcast, and he will be talking with us about how this affects the blind and visually impaired community and what this can mean for us going forward. Envision America, the creators of the IDMate Galaxy, the popular product barcode scanning device, as well as the ScriptMate device that you can use to scan your pharmacy prescription bottles, has announced that in addition to their ScriptMate Android app, they will be in quarter one of 2018 be releasing an iOS app for the iPhone. So this will be free just like the Android app and you can use your iPhone to scan your prescription bottles to get all the pertinent information that you need. Stay tuned to next week's podcast as I speak with the vice president from Envision America as he talks with me about what these new apps are going to offer. And finally, our friends over at blindalive.com have been quite busy lately. I recently had an opportunity to sit down with Mel Scott to talk with her about everything new coming from Blind Alive. 2017 marked the release of an all-new app brought to us by Mel Scott and blindalive.com called Eyes Free Fitness. This is an all-inclusive fitness app where you can purchase all the different workouts that blindalive.com provides like cardio and weightlifting, interval training, all kinds of different things that they offer all available for you for purchase and download right within the app. You can also access their podcast and other important things that blindalive.com brings to you. And so I thought it'd be a lot of fun to have Mel Scott herself come on to the show and talk with us a little bit about this new app. I know she's always very happy to talk about all of her new products. So without further ado, welcome Mel Scott. Hello, Mel. Hi, Tim. I'd be happy to talk about my app. It's probably my most favorite thing to talk about these days. Uh, on Thanksgiving Day, an email landed in my inbox saying, your Ice Free Fitness app is now ready for sale, or actually is for sale. And it just blew me away. I, I was assuming it was going to get rejected again, and and it didn't. So we all kind of scurried around to get our, our ducks in a row because maybe you don't know this, but I didn't know it. When you have an app, there are all these things that have to go on in the back end. You have to make sure everything is, all the servers are working and all the pay things are working and iTunes is all connected up. And I I didn't know what I didn't know what we were getting into, uh, but it, it's all good. And we've had some glitches here and there. The blog tab was crashing for a while, but it looks like everything is working great now. We we have a few tweaks we still need to make, uh, but that's that's part of the part of the whole deal when you have an app. Well, I know this has been a very long time coming and has been a big labor of love for you, Mel. Can you tell me a little bit about the app itself? 
what I love about the app is it's simple, which is the way I wanted it. It's it's easy to use. It's it's straightforward. You know, it's not it's not cluttered at all. So across the bottom on the left, you've got the workouts tab, which you can tap and that will display all of the workouts that you have purchased. And then uh, next to that is the podcast tab. You can double tap on that, listen to all of our podcasts. You can go to the right again, and that's the blog tab. And that will, you can access all of the blogs. And then on the right is the about tab where you will need to go in probably, I think it's there, and um, check the medical disclaimer if you actually do, you know, try to purchase a workout. But it'll prompt you for that if you purchase a workout. We have to do that medical disclaimer. And you can also sign up for the newsletter there. And then if you tap on the the workouts tab, you'll see free workouts or get more workouts, or, you know, or browse workouts. It's, it's really pretty straightforward. If you just swipe back and forth, you'll be able to, to figure it out, I think. So it's it's really fun and people are loving it. What's got me so it's I, I get excited to see that there are, you know, people downloading and purchasing from Australia and New Zealand and South Africa and the UK and Canada and the United States. It's it's just fun to know that this is getting out to, to people all over everywhere. And it, it just makes me feel like okay, I'm doing something. I'm doing something that's good, that people people want. I agree. I think that the app is very simple and straightforward and easy to use. Now, Mel, recently you've launched yet another workout for Ice Free Fitness. If you could take a moment and tell us about that. So what I do want to tell people is um, the the latest workout we released that just before New Year's Eve, and it is the inter- in- ah, can't talk interval training workout, and it's it's really a beginning uh, introduction to to interval training for people that don't really know what it is. We're doing fifty second intervals with a ten second rest, and this one is a little bit different from our other workouts. We have a file called Learn the Moves, and we have a file which is the actual workout, which really doesn't have that many cues. It has the name of the the workout, the exercise that's being done, but there, there are not a lot of cues because I didn't want people to get um, bored, essentially, with too many words. So if you do the Learn the Moves section of the workout... You go through that a couple of times, then you won't need that file anymore. Once you've learned them, you'll understand how to do the the moves, and then you can just do the actual workout itself. So, um, it's it's a really nice workout. It it uh, includes uh, coordination and stamina and heart rate, and even has some balance in it towards the end. So it's it's really quite complete. So then, Mel, if people want to keep up to date with what's going on in Blind Alive, what would you say is the best way to do that? The best way for people to know about what's going on 
is to subscribe to the newsletter, which you can do at blindalive.com. And that's that's the best way to know what's going on, and that'll keep you uh, connected with the blog. And then, you know, the podcast obviously is in the app, but it's also on the website, and you can also subscribe to that on um, iTunes. It also is um, a feed on the humanware, on the Victor Reader stream and the Victor Reader track. So that's also a possibility. That sounds really nice. Well, Mel, I want to thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and telling us all about what's new with Blind Alive. Thanks for asking me to talk about something I love to talk about. So take care, everybody. Till next time. It's always so nice to hear from Mel Scott and find out what's going on over there at Blind Alive. Although I have to say, she continues to take away my reasons or my excuses for not keeping up with my New Year's resolution to lose some weight. So I don't know, maybe this new app will help me actually stick to it this year. All right, well, as some of you may remember on a previous podcast, I spoke with Randy Rusnak concerning the Ring Doorbell. And when I sat down and spoke with Randy, we had a general conversation about Amazon and the Amazon Echo products and what they mean to the blind and visually impaired community. So here's a bit more of my conversation with Randy Rusnak. We've been talking about our A-Lady, our little uh, you know Amazon friend, and mm-hmm. I know that she can control quite a bit of things. And uh, between the... Uh, cylindrical device itself and something new that you've got. Uh, Amazon is is taking taking a hold of your household as well. Is that right? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, I just purchased uh, back in July, around July 3rd, an Amazon Element Fire TV, and they added and it's not a skill, but they actually added it to the software of our A Lady friend, and within that device. You can control the Amazon Element Fire TV. The thing she cannot do is turn on your TV, but she can turn it off. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, so I don't know why they chose to do it that way. Maybe there's a little bit more development going. But um, if you want to have your TV up and running, when you first turn the TV on, you don't hear anything. Um, I wish what they would do would be to leave it in the state that it was left in. So in other words, if you had it hooked up to your cable box and it knows that, leave it there. Don't, uh, you know, don't leave that screen. Just leave it the way it is. Leave it the way I want it. And hopefully they'll come up with something. I spoke to them about it. Uh, talked to tech support about it. But the neat thing about it is if you're uh, first turning on your TV, so you have to get up and turn it on anyway, um, you can crawl back in bed or sit down in the chair and you can just say her name, you know, a lady switch to cable and she'll literally say, okay, switching to cable and your TV actually switches and comes on for you. And that's oh, pretty wow. cool. That'd yeah. Be nice. And you can also, you know, stay in your bed or stay in your chair and you can say, a lady turn off fire TV and it'll, just go off you can have her search for movies you can have her bring up amazon you can have her bring up netflix you can have her bring up amazon music you can do all kinds of things 
as long as you're hooked through the Fire TV. You can you can obviously hear Amazon Music, but you can do it right through your TV if you want to. Uh, my TV is running through a soundbar, so um, I'm able to connect with uh, the A lady uh, and control my TV. It's just really a neat step forward. And as things progress, we're going to see a lot more things uh, being used through the A-Lady and even improvements through, like, the Ring, as I said before, and the uh, Amazon Fire, uh, Element Fire TV. And I wanted to get your opinion on that because, as we know, at every tech-type convention the last, oh, six months or a year, Amazon keeps introducing new things and new partnerships. And mm -hmm. it seems like they're really pushing to work with existing companies, companies that have been around for years or decades to implement yep. this type of voice technology. And so already now we have lights, of course, I know people that uh, you can control your lights, the hues, the, the dim or not, you know, brightness of your, of your lights, uh, garage mm -hmm. doors, all kinds of different things around your home that can yep. be put in, not just the types of things we're talking about here, but, but even more things. And, mm -hmm. and I keep reading all these stories about how Samsung and Philips and so many other companies are looking at uh, voice activated, you know, microwaves, ovens, uh, refrigerator, freezers, all kinds of different things that they're wanting to implement Amazon into or or just some sort of voice activation and home automation into. So what, what do you think about that future? What do you think about the possibility of having this type of home automation and voice activation all throughout your house? Well, as long as you have an iFi connection, you're okay. Otherwise, <laughs> sure. Otherwise, you're you're you know you have to con go back to controlling it through software. But I think it's a really uh, giant step forward. And right now, I'm going to step out onto the limb, onto a limb, and I will say, I think Amazon, and I'll probably get some flack for this, but I don't care, uh, is probably the leader so far. You got the two big ones. You got Google, of course, and then you've got Amazon. And I think uh, they're both game changers. But I think. Amazon is just a little bit ahead of everything. Uh, you know, look at their marketing strategy, you know? Oh, I would completely agree with that. They were first really to the market with this type of device, and they really seem to be the biggest one, not the only one, like you said, but the biggest one pushing these companies in this direction saying, hey, here's what you can do with our technology. But then along comes Google, and now we're going to have Apple diving into this as well with the, with the yep. HomePod, and we'll see what they yep. do going forward with this. Because as they always like to say, they, you know, or, or people say about Apple, they may not be first, but they always try to go back and refine it and do it best, uh, mm -hmm. even if there's a cost. But uh, so so, you know, yeah. even though they may be later to the game, they still will be a player, I'm sure. But I agree with you. I think Amazon right now is the leader. They're the ones that I typically see the big press releases about with these partnerships and, and bringing these things to different types of appliances and, and things around the home. And, and it really interests me, even, even if I wasn't blind, I think I'd be very interested and intrigued by this because it's something that we've been looking at for, gosh, how many decades have we been promised this type of home functionality, you know, since the Jetsons, you know, uh, going Star Trek. Yeah, you know, Star Trek and the Jetsons and all that kind of thing of this home automation and talking to your house and having it do things for you. And here we are almost really just steps away from that fully being, uh, you know, fully being a reality, but then add to it, of course, why we're here today with, with life after blindness and having low vision or, or no vision, this type of, uh, this type of innovation really is something big for those that are blind or low vision. Don't you think? Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, you can actually hear outside when you're walking around people actually using their voice to text to Siri uh, for dictation. 
and you can you can hear people doing all kinds of things with automation these days. So, yeah, we're just seeing leaps and bounds uh, happening, and uh, I think it's just really great that all this stuff is is finally happening. I want to add one more thing that I that I can think of before we wrap up. Absolutely, and that is that is with um, our A friend. So she has the ability now to sync with home uh, music, so you can use uh, TuneIn Radio or whatever. As long as you have a bunch of, um, well, if you can, you know, two, three, four um, devices um, through Amazon now, you can sync these devices together into a group home setting. And if you have music playing through TuneIn or Amazon or whatever. Um, you won't hear a bit of lag. And I'm so excited about this. The only thing that irks me just a little bit is I uh, just about maybe two months ago purchased a Sonos device. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So you can see where I'm coming, right? (laughs) Right. Now the Sonos will uh, let you link up uh, your uh, Sonos products and you can hear it throughout your home. And I thought, wow, that's just great. I just wish... That uh, I would have done this long ago. Well, uh, a couple of months later, now uh, you're seeing the A lady uh, and the groups like the Echo, the Dot. Uh, I don't know about the show, but I know those two are able to uh, sync into a group. Um, uh, one thing I'd like to relate on ACB Radio: uh, the guys did do a uh, cast, and the biggest claim to fame I think on that was when the eclipse happened. We had 850 some streamers out there. Oh wow! Now that's crazy. I it mean, is. that's most in history that I've ever seen uh, with them. <laughs> and so I told uh, one of my buddies on ACB, Larry Turnbull, uh, we were talking about it. And I said, you know, we may have cut that uh, maybe four times. You might end up with maybe 200 or uh, 100 streamers uh, because I think well, at least what I was doing. Um, I didn't have them synced because there was no way to do it. Uh, and and the sync happened about, uh, the group syncing happened about a week later. But I I was able to uh, to actually have the Echo 2 dots running. And there was a big lag, lag, lag <laughs> between all the devices. And uh, now everything would sync just beautifully. And I would have no lag uh, walking from one room to another. Don't you think that's cool? I think it's really cool, and I'm glad you brought that up because my friend Sean Priest from the Tech Talk Show at RNIB oh, yeah. has recently Hi, talked about that. Yeah, he he recently was talking about the possibility of of linking all of his uh, Amazon devices together, like you've done and talked about here. And and I, I was kind of scratching my head. I'm like, I, I know it's now possible, but you know, you tell me because I've only got one in my household, so I, I don't have the option to try to do what you've done here. But I'm interested in that because I think that that is. Nice to be able to do that without having the lag, so you can hear that all throughout your house. I know that's something that I think Google is talking about doing as well, and, and Apple has already announced that if you have more than one HomePod, it will work yep. as you know maybe stereo type speakers, and then if you add even more than that, then you can have them do the same thing around your household without the lag and all that. So that's a big push, I think, as part of these devices being in the home, being home automated adding to just the overall, not just functionality of a household, but the entertainment of a household. And that's a whole another you know, discussion we could get into, but, but just the entertainment value of it, in addition to the home automation, uh, it's really just fascinating where this is going to go. Yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, um, I left um, a couple of days ago uh, where I was going to uh, go out for dinner and 
before I left, I have four dogs, by the way. And uh, when I left, um, and this is how easy it is, guys. I, I actually uh, turned on the syncing feature, got everything all set up, and I was able to listen to WNBP Oldies Station. And the, the dogs like oldies, by the way. <laughs> so of course they do. <laughs> I, turned, I, I turned that on for the dogs so that they would have human companionship to listen to. And, um, you know, so I left and there you go. You know, all music all through the house. And that is a, a, a nice final point to put on this before we wrap up that not just with the speakers, but with all the other home automation that we've talked about, you can do that. You have that availability that if you want to set the thermostat when you're not even home, you can do that. So if you're on vacation, you can set it to be a certain temperature and then set it to be, you know, returning to a temperature when you're coming home, or if you want to have the lights come on before you've come, you know, we're coming home or whatever it is that you want to do. That's all possible with this home automation. And then, like you said, with the speakers, being able to just activate that while you're not even in the house. Uh, I was just... traveling by car uh, the other day. Yeah. And I was able to look at my thermostat and, and turn it down because it was uh, a little warm outside. So I controlled the air conditioner because, uh, you know, I can't have it too warm when I come home, you know, after all, you know. And so <laughs> I was able to do that. Not, not only was I able to do that, but I was hearing if someone was coming onto my porch or not. Now, that is just so cool. Yeah, that is definitely cool. Just between the the availability, the access that you have to control things in your household, which will, of course, help your energy bill. So that's always a positive, being able to control those things. And then having that extra security and safety to know uh, that you are being protected right at your, your front door. And then the entertainment value of home automation. I just think that this is definitely something that is going to be a big deal going forward. Not Again, not just in general, but for blind people, uh, even more specifically. Yeah. So I, I think that this is, this is a good, uh, a good technology. I know people have questions about it as far as safety and security and, you know, who's listening to what and all that, but, but ultimately in the end, I think this is going to be helpful technology. Absolutely right. And, uh, I agree with, with all those points. And the only thing that I can say in conclusion is that you must be literate in using your devices, your iPad, iPhone, tablets, computers, because if you don't know how to use them, it isn't going to do you much good, especially when they fail. Exactly. That's a very good point. You definitely want to make sure that you're very aware of how to use those things. And again, if it does fail, that you know how to get that back up, or at least you know the right person to call to get that, get that taken care of for you. Thank you again for that, Randy. And you can hear more of my conversation with Randy Rusnak in an upcoming episode where I will talk with him about the accessibility of his Nest thermostat. Now, to finish out the podcast, I wanted to share with all of you an audio recording that I received from a new listener from the UK named Rachel. As many of you know, the last many months, I've been co-hosting on the Tech Talk podcast and radio show out of the UK from the RNIB, and I've also been co-hosting on another tech show in Canada on AMI-audio called Double Tap Canada. The host and producer of each of those shows is Stephen Scott, and I co-host with Sean Priest. And being on those shows has afforded me the opportunity not only to learn and grow as a podcaster and as a presenter, but also to be able to find new listeners for Life After Blindness. And Rachel had discovered me over there in the UK and sent in this message to me on the Varel app as a private message for me to share with all of you on the podcast. So here is the message that I received from Rachel. 
Hi there, Tim. My name's Rachel. I'm from the UK. I just wanted to uh, make myself known and firstly say thank you very much to you um, for introducing me to this app, Vorail, which I just downloaded tonight, actually. You're the first person that I've sent a recording to. I'm still just trying to find my way around it and, and figure out how it works. I think I'm getting there slowly. <laughs> Anyway, <clears throat> a bit about myself. I um I initially started listening to the Tech Talk podcast with Stephen Sean. Uh, you're obviously on there quite regularly. Um and from that that's when I subscribed when you mentioned your Life After Blindness podcast on there. I subscribed to that as well and I'm a regular listener to that now as well. Um I thoroughly enjoy I thoroughly enjoy the podcast. Some really interesting things um, come up on it. Um, I've been blind from birth and I've always been passionate about helping other people in my situation. Uh, I qualified as a Braille teacher a, a few years back and now I also work voluntary uh, supporting people in assistive technology. So that might be um, training them to use the iPhone, particularly voiceover features and, and, you know, bits of the iPhone that can help them to stay independent. Or I might work with them in, with JAWS, not so much JAWS usually. I am a bit of an Apple convert, so I tend to um, stick to the iPhone and go what I enjoy most. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a bit about me. Um. And yeah, I just wanted to say, keep up the really good work with the podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. And I thoroughly enjoy listening to it every two weeks. Okay, well, I'll leave it there for now then. I hope you're well. And take care and speak soon. Bye-bye for now. Rachel, thank you so much for getting in touch and telling us your story and giving me your feedback. And thank you so much for listening as well. And thank you all for listening to the Life After Blindness podcast. If you want to get in touch with me like Rachel did, you can contact me on the Vorail app. Look for me under the name Tim the Enchanter or just under Tim Schwartz sometimes. I may change that back and forth. You can send me a private message there. Or, of course, just send me an email. Send those emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. As always, you can find the show notes for this and every episode by going to lifeafterblindness.com. For this particular episode, you go to lifeafterblindness.com slash 20. Be sure to tune in again next time as together we continue our journey to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody.